may be seated. Hallelujah. Truly we thank the Lord for this day that he has made. And the word of the Lord declares that we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. Listening to the praise team sing this morning, leading us into the throne room of God. The sound, the awesome wonder of worship, praise is beautiful. I don't know if any of you were paying attention to what was going on, but the Spirit of the Lord is moving in our midst. The power of His presence is here with us right now. Many of us don't realize why we even ask God for an overflow. Understanding that the overflow does not belong to us. The overflow is that which we give out. It's that which we share. It's that which we impart into the lives of others. But the benefit of the overflow is the underlying indication that if there is an overflow, that means the vessel is full. I don't think you understood what I just said because you should have lost your spiritual mind right there. If there is an overflow, the indication is that the vessel is full. The indication is, is that I can no longer contain anymore. Uh, there, there's no more room. There's no more space. Uh, the word of the Lord promises that the joy of the Lord would fill us so that our joy would remain full. Uh, we don't even realize we're always standing in the place of fullness. We are fat with the presence of God. good to see those of you who have made your way out to the house of God today. We salute you to those that have tuned in. We salute you. We celebrate you. Know that we are praying for you. It is hard not to be affected by what's transpiring across this nation in our 
communities, in our cities, in the society of human life. We're affected one way or another. Whether you believe in what's going on or you reject the notion of what's happening. Whether you buy into the theology or you deny the theology. Whether you believe in the systematic injustice or you believe that things are just fine. In one way or another, you are still affected by what is transpiring in this nation. And those specific to us, the things that are happening in this city, which today is still Columbus, Ohio, but there's talk of even changing the name of our city because of what's happening in this nation. As I often do, I span social media to get a pulse of what is happening, to see, feel, and hear what people are thinking both in the church and out of the church. I find that uh, many people, there was a, there was a time when uh, people kind of kept things to themselves. We're not in that day anymore. There was a time when people didn't really say too much unless they were intoxicated and we would tell them that they had alcohol courage because you would do and say things when you were intoxicated that you would not when you were sober. But we're living in a day now where it seems as if the tongue is unrestrained and many things are being said and many things are being done in our midst. And I've come to find that if you really want to know what people are thinking, follow them on social media. You will see the kind of humor that they like when you follow them on social media because they'll repeat and reproduce things that they see and hear that uh, tantalize their senses. If you want to know how people feel about a subject, follow them on social media because you will find that they will not refrain from giving you a piece of their mind. As a matter of fact, uh, in some of the Instagram videos that I've seen and TikTok videos that I've seen and postings on Facebook, anytime people start with, I'm probably going to lose some followers, you know what they're getting ready to say may not be convenient for you. 
I was looking at Facebook the other day, and again, as I look at these things, it's, it's really to get a pulse of our society so that I could better prepare to minister to the needs of the nation. And as I was looking through and understanding the climate that we're in and everything that is going on, I was going to go another way this morning. Uh, I, I was going to get back to whose man, who is man series. God kept pushing me in a different direction. Uh, but as this week I was looking at Facebook and looking at TikTok. TikTok really makes me laugh. The things that people will do to get followers. But I was watching it and this one thing came uh, through, I guess I would be called a TikTok troll. I think, I think that's the term that they would use for me because I don't TikTok, but I will watch some of the TikToks that are out there. And when I don't like them, I just swipe up. But there was one that came out and the caption that was at the top of it was debunks cops in a breath. So I got curious. I wanted to see what was being said and I'm not really sure how TikTok works because some are real short blips and then some are longer. I'm not really sure how all that works but this was a little bit of a longer one and it was um, a rap artist that was sitting in a studio uh, or a radio station and he was giving his opinion on uh, the idea that there are good cops in police departments. And he says that there are no good cops in police departments. There are good people. There are good men and good women who have a desire to do good things, but there are no good cops. And he goes on to say, because COP, the institution of policing, the justice system as a whole, is not good. And I'm not one to, to jump up and rage against the things that I hear, but I was curious about the, the foundation or the standpoint from which he was coming to try to better understand the ideology that is affecting the youth in this nation. And he you know, goes on to try to explain why the institution of policing, the idea of law and order uh, is not good. So being a man of God, I have to qualify everything according to God's word. And I have to decide whether what I'm hearing is in alignment with the word of God because as a believer, anything that we allow ourselves to take upon as a belief should be supported scripturally. 
Because if we begin to believe things that are not supported scripturally, then we are believing out of alignment. And when you are out of alignment, you weaken your position with God. You weaken your access into the fruit that God abundantly gives. Because you're misaligned. And things that are misaligned do not work as they are supposed to. So I begin to, to talk to God and ask God to give me a better understanding of this position. Was there any validity in what he was saying? Is the institution of justice, of law and order, is that institution in and of itself bad? And God began to point me to scriptures to show that the institution of law and order is not bad because where there is no order, there is chaos. And God says that he is not a God of chaos, but he is a God of order. I said, Lord, I understand then that the system inherently is good. The Lord said, yes, but the application of that system, the institution of justice is, has been historically misapplied outside of its intended purpose. And because of things like this, the institution has become corrupt because the institution is governed by corrupt humanity. So then it becomes easier to understand why one would think the institution is bad and the people are good but God says the institution is good, the people are bad. Which then leads me back to there are bad police officers and there are good police officers. A good police officer is one who functions in the system as the system was orchestrated or designed by God to function. Not altered by man, but designed by God. So then I begin to continue to talk to the Lord about this, trying to get a grasp on what's going on. We are three, four weeks, I believe, maybe more, a little more, a little less, uh, into the protests which are still occurring across this nation. And one comes to the place where you realize you cannot affect change if you do not sit down at the table. Uh, Solomon said there's a season for everything. There's, there's nothing in existence that doesn't have a season. There's a season for protest, and we have to understand that one season's purpose is to introduce 
the next season. But the next thing cannot happen if that which is caused to introduce tries to maintain rather than going away. So you look and you begin to realize that we cannot affect change. We cannot sit down, come together, and affect change if we don't move from protesting to communication. You see, protest by nature is one side of a topic making a declaration of what they feel about the topic itself. It does not give room for the other side because it is a protest. Protests are not wrong. They are the right of every American and everyone's voice should be heard, for that is the promise of our Constitution, that the voice of the people would always be heard, that the government is for the people and by the people. And when our government begins to go astray, the people should rally together and make their voice Heard. But there comes a time when we have to move from just talking about our problems and sit down and create some solutions. So I begin to ask God, why then does it seem as if we are stuck in protest and we have not moved from protest to communication, to solve the very thing for which we are protesting. And God told me that there are spiritual powers in place that do not want us to solve our problems, but want us to be stuck right where we are. God wants to give us spiritual knowledge because it is in the revelation of spiritual knowledge for which we will be able to, as a people, overcome our indifferences. We have to understand, people of God, that we will never be able to overcome the issues that exist in this life without being in union with the Spirit of God. Because there are spiritual powers in play. I don't want to go too far into this uh, without remembering that there is a balance between what is happening and what God's Word is saying. Many people say that they are discerning spirits when really they're just suspicious people. In particular, everyone who has treated them badly, they often attribute, especially in the body of Christ, 
these people to being demon-possessed. They think that they are discerning demon activity, but they truly have not. I've been here long enough to learn that some people just don't like you. And the idea that everyone is going to like you is a fallacy. No matter what you do, some people just aren't going to like you. Some people don't like me, and that's fine. But it does not mean that the people that don't like you are demon-possessed. It doesn't mean that they have the issue. Some of us are not liked for just cause. Some of us are just unlikable. And that's not the fault of anyone else but ourselves. Some of us just have a really bad disposition. Some of us are one way in one place and a different way in another place. But the problem is, is that people see us in both places and then they see the one expression being contradicted by what they saw of the other expression, and they become confused as to which person you are, and it becomes difficult for me to like you when I don't understand you, when I, when I don't uh, comprehend the you that you truly are. With that being said, the truth still exists that many people do what they do because they are motivated and dominated by unseen power that is controlling their lives. Truthfully, some of us are just messed up. There's a saying that hurt people hurt people. Abused people become abusers. We talk about spiritual discernment like it's just for believers. But what we don't realize is children discern better than adults do. What we don't realize is that non-believers or sinners use discernment better than some believers. Children have better discernment than adults because adults have learned how to lie. We, we, we've learned how to lie to each other and suppress our discernment. Sinners operate in discernment and for the most part, they do not even realize that that is what they are doing. Let me give you an example. This may hit home for some of the brothers in here and maybe even for some of the ladies. We are living in a new day. Uh, but when some men or women go to the club or to the bar, they're going for the purpose of taking someone home with them to engage in a sexual encounter that will allow them some level of comfort. 
uh, but they know that they only have a little bit of time to choose the right one to fulfill their desires. They don't have time to talk to everybody in the club. They don't have time to hit everyone in the bar. So they enter the place with the purpose to fulfill a lust, and they scan the room looking for someone they feel won't turn them down. They, they enter the room with the purpose to identify a target. Uh, they understand, I, I, can't, I can't talk to everybody in here. If I talk to everybody in here, I won't have time to do what I ultimately came here to do. So they look for a willing participant. They are discerning the crowd. They're looking for somebody who is willing to go along with their desire. What is actually occurring is they are discerning and relating to the same spirit that they brought with them into the club. They are discerning and connecting to a familiar spirit to the spirit that they carry with them. The spirit of lust is upon them, so it draws them to a willing accomplice. Uh, they scan the room and the spirit that is upon them piques their interest once it comes across the vision that's going to fulfill their desire. They're looking for some level of unity in their spiritual control. Because if my desire is lust to fulfill something I'm wanting in the flesh, but I try to hook up with somebody that has a completely opposite desire than lust, we know one of two things are going to happen. Either I'm going to be turned down or I'm going to have to force myself upon the one who is not standing in unity with my desire. In my line of work outside the ministry, I've seen women who seemingly gravitate from one abusive relationship to another. I used to think to myself, after one beating, I mean, you, you only got to beat me once. There's not going to be a history of whoopings before there's a burning bed. I'm just, I'm just, that's just not who I am. But it seems like I've seen many women and men move from one abusive relationship to another. What my experience has shown me is that often 
abused people seem to always find the next abuser in any subsequent relationship. And I used to get frustrated. I, I could not comprehend why they could not break that pattern of behavior. People would find the next abuser or they would find the next partner who is going to do the same thing to them that the previous partner would do, whether it was infidelity or uh, abuse or whether the abuse is physical or emotional or what have you. It seems as if there was always this reconnection to the very thing they were running from. What I've come to learn is that there is a spirit assigned to destroy your life. There's a spirit inside the abuser that is always looking for its next victim. There are spirits that are working in tandem in the events of your life for the sole purpose to destroy your life. They have an assignment to assassinate you, but God says you have power to break the power of the devil through the word of God. There is a power that dwells that is above every power in existence and when the power in you is driving you into a place or position or thought process that is less than you have to first recognize God did not make you less than he made you more than when anything causes or tries to cause me to believe that I'm less than someone else. I'm reminded that I am the crown jewel of God's creation. When something comes in that makes me believe I am not as smart as someone else, I'm reminded that all knowledge is in existence in me because I am filled with the presence of him who knows all things. You have to understand who you are when dealing with the spiritual powers that have been sent to assassinate you. There are spiritual Sicarios seeking to destroy every one of your lives. None of you are exempt from what the devil is doing. None of you. And he's going to come at you with the assassin that has been crafted to destroy you. He knows what makes you tick. Because he has connected himself with the familiar spirits whose purpose has been to learn you. How many of you have ever taken time to learn somebody? You start understanding what pushes their buttons. And when you want to push a button, 
you know exactly what to do, what to say, how to behave. Because you've taken some time to learn them. There are spirits whose sole purpose is to hang out with you so they can understand you and then report back to the assassin who's been designed and crafted to take you out. You, you, you understand, you, you think you're hanging with a friend because they're not technically hurting you right now when really all they are is information gatherers. And once they have gathered all the necessary requisite information, they're going to take that back to the assassin so the assassin knows exactly where to perch himself to snipe you. Now, some assassins, they, 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 they like to, to take you out from a distance. So to take you out from a distance, they, they need to know where you're going to be. But there are assassins that want to get up close and personal. They want to see the expression on your face, on your face, as they're sticking the knife into your gut. In all of my studies and in the lessons that I have taught you throughout the years, I have shown you that there are spirits that are assigned to not just individuals but to families. But connecting to what's going on right now in our society, I've come to understand that there are also spirits who are assigned to regions in the earth. We call these spirits territorial spirits. This is one of the principles that you need to understand about the demonic realm. I, I've come today to give revelation and sight into the demonic realm because the enemy operates best when you can't see what he's doing. You see, you cannot win as an individual, as a family, or even as a city until you break the assignment of the devil that is against you. In 1 Corinthians 15 and 32, Paul referred to fighting the beasts at Ephesus. You see, Paul understood that there were territorial spirits assigned to the region of Ephesus. People of God here in the city of Columbus, there are spiritual territorial demonic powers that are assigned to keep this city in a state of chaos. Because this city cannot help you when it is tearing itself apart. 
If you look in the book of Daniel, you will find that Daniel's prayers were hindered for 21 days in the heavenly realm until the angel Michael was discharged by God and engaged the spirit that was hindering the message that had been sent through Gabriel and engaged in spiritual warfare with the power that was functioning in the air. Daniel 10 and 13 speaks of the prince of the kingdom of Persia and the kings of Persia. You see, there are spirits assigned to regions within our country. Inner cities have spirits that are assigned to them. The suburbs have spirits that are assigned to them. And even in the country, there are some spirits that are assigned there. Uh, many times you see a high concentration of the manifestation of the domination of darkness and destruction in certain geographic areas. Uh, uh, you come to understand that a territorial spirit is at work. What I have found very interesting is that these spirits seem to have an unusual ability to keep their victims within the borders of their unseen prison. Uh, what many of you don't realize is that you've been walking throughout your life in a prison. Uh, what you don't realize is you have been taught to think you're free when in fact you've been living in bondage. People who have been living under the oppressive force of poverty may move several times in a year, but they never seem to leave a particular area of town. I've seen some who move frequently but never seem to get out of a very small radius of living. It appears as if they are moving but in actuality they are going nowhere. I've seen several generations of families grow up in areas with substandard schools and astronomical teen pregnancy rates and suicide rates and out-of-control alcohol and drug problem and a history of family splits due to infidelity, yet they remain almost oblivious to the spiritual climate that is in existence in their home. We keep believing that social systems is the cure to our problems. If you listen to the mayor of the city of Columbus, you'll find that he would like less law and order and more social systems in place. When I understand reading the Bible that there has to be a balance for anything to be successful. You cannot have martial law and no social system. You cannot have only social system and no law and order. There has to be a balance between the two where they work in unison one with another. Because if you do not, you will find that people who can benefit from social systems will not be able to benefit because of the lack of balance that is available. 
You know, there's a reason why prostitutes walk certain streets. There's a reason why drugs are easily accessible in certain neighborhoods. There's a reason why things like rape and suicide and pregnancy will hit a school and spread in almost epidemic proportions. There's a reason why perverts meet in certain parks, not every park. There's a reason why occult activity is prevalent in some areas while vandalism is dominant in another. The reason for all of these things is the territorial spirit that is at work. While you're busy engaging the spirit of rage because you see people tearing up something, so as the people of God, you begin to pray against that spirit of destruction or vandalism, but you missed the controlling power that's using those forces to do its bidding. And because you have not engaged the source of the problem and only the symptoms of the problem, we have moments of peace, but peace that is not lasting. Until we engage the territorial dominating power over our city, we will never enjoy lasting success at unity. The Greek word for drugs is pharmakia, which is also translated as sorcery. Drugs produce altered states of consciousness in human beings. You see, drugs may be used by unclean spirits as instruments of bandage. The wonderful news is this. These addictions can be broken because they all have spiritual roots. Heroin has a spirit of insanity that is attached to it. Wherever there is a high concentration of heroin use, you will find a major issue with witchcraft, mind control, and insanity. Crack has a spirit of violence attached to it. Wherever there is a high concentration of crack, there is also a high concentration of violent crime. Crack is a violence-producing drug that, open, that opens people up to the spirit of rage and the spirit of violence and causes them to kill people, whether they are strangers, during robberies, members of rival gangs, or even family members who are perceived as a hindrance to the furthering of their addiction. Alcoholism opens people up for a different spirit than the spirits assigned to crack and heroin. Every spirit has its own characteristic and functions in different and varying ways. People who are bound by depressants have a totally different spirit. 
instead of, instead of attacking you, they may withdraw totally because depressants have a depressing spirit attached to them that will eventually bring a person to the point of suicide. This is why you can drink yourself to death. You see, alcohol is just one of many depressants which may cause its victims to flee responsibility, withdraw from family or friends, and eventually produce a defeated spirit within that person who then becomes bound unto death until there is an introduction of a greater power. Males and females have specific spirits assigned to them. Some spirits are more prevalent in one sex than they are in another. For example, the spirit of perversion or pornography are more specifically assigned to men than they are to women. Not that women cannot be affected or uh, controlled, dominated by these spirits, it's more likely to occur in men. I'm not saying that they will not attach themselves to women or that women will never struggle with pornography, but it is a predominant problem with men. The spirit of rejection and manipulation that breaks up so many families are assigned more frequently to women than they are to men. We see all these tragedies happening in our society and they are being caused by assigned spirits. We have to understand to whom it is we need to engage if we expect any lasting success. Individuals can have spirits assigned directly to them. I know that some of us look at some of us and we are quick to say they have a spirit assigned to them. King Saul had a spirit that was assigned directly to him for the purpose to destroy him. And Paul or Saul uh, eventually killed himself. 1 Samuel 16 and 14 says the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled Saul. In 2 Corinthians 12 and 7, Paul wrote, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, a spirit to buffet me. You see, Paul knew that there was a specific spirit assigned to him, and he fought that spirit all the days of his life, even asking God for relief. And God's response was, my grace is sufficient. There are spirits assigned to you. Even Jesus had a spirit assigned to him. But Jesus was so powerful, only the top demon, Satan himself, would dare to approach the Christ. Satan was assigned to Jesus. 
His assignment while Jesus was on the earth was to assassinate him. We know from the fourth chapter of the book of Luke that Satan tried to entice Jesus to kill himself by jumping off the pinnacle of the temple. When he couldn't tempt Jesus to commit suicide, he tried to incite mobs against Jesus, and eventually he did get the people to kill Jesus. Uh, but what many of us have missed is that the death of Jesus was the plan of redemption. Jesus had to die. But he could not die before things, certain things were done. I want you to always remember this. As a matter of fact, you should write this down. You should write this down. This is something that you need to hold on to. Before your ascension comes an assassination attempt. Before your ascension comes an assassination attempt. You see, the devil knows when you're getting ready to make a step up spiritually. So he naturally wants to assassinate you before you can grow from one level to the next. It is because of this that you, like Jesus, must fight the power of the devil. How many of you have asked God to elevate you? How many of you have prayed to God and asked God for more? How many of you have asked God to use you in the kingdom how many of you have prayed for God to give you more wisdom how many of you have prayed and asked God for more knowledge how many of you have prayed and asked God for peace how many of you have prayed and asked God for abundance what you don't realize is that in your prayer for the benefit or blessing of God, the enemy dispatches assassins to prevent you from stepping in to your next level of glory. What you have to be cognizant of is that when you ask God for elevation, you've got to expect an assassin has been dispatched to take you out. There's an assassin that's trying to snuff you out, which is why you feel the way you feel. Because you've asked God for something that you do not yet possess but is available and within your reach, but the devil has dispatched an assassin to take you out so you will never live out the promise of God for you. 
the book of Luke, in the fourth chapter, the first through the second and the thirteenth verse says this, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being forty days tempted of the devil. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season, for a season, for a season. You see, this is one of the ways the devil keeps a life long on hold. You see, we sometimes feel like if we are not in the middle of a crisis, everything must be all right. But you need to be aware that spirits who are assigned to destroy you will come for a season. This is their season to attack. And if they cannot accomplish what they've set, been set out to accomplish, they withdraw, regroup, and come back in the next season to see if they can catch you yet unaware. They will grab your desires. This is why you ought to protect, govern your desires. They will attach themselves to your mind, to your family, to your finances. They'll cause every kind of havoc that you can think of to exist in your life. Then just before they are detected, they will loosen their hold and you will experience a season of renewed freedom. You will get that bill paid. You won't argue with your spouse and everything between you both will be wonderful. You'll stop giving in to an addiction for a season. You'll stop being angry for a season. You'll stop looking at other women or other men for a season. You'll stop drug struggling with addictions for a season. Giving you a euphoria that you've been delivered. In fact, studies have shown that some alcoholics will quit drinking for six months at a time. And because they've stopped drinking, everyone thinks they've been delivered. But all of a sudden, the desire to drink comes back on them, an urge for which they seemingly cannot overcome. Assigned spirits cause cycles of defeat. Cycles of defeat. You could live 10, 20, 30, or 50 years with the same spiritual force battling for control of your life. It comes for a season, goes for a season, it returns for a season, it departs for a season. Part of its strategy is to remain undetected. We call that guerrilla warfare. You see, it's easy to fight your enemy when you line up across from your enemy in the middle of a field and just charge at each other. How many of you realize that's not the way we fight war now? That's right. That's right. That's 
how can a military power as great as the United States military be unsuccessful engaged with a far inferior force because that force understands how and when to attack. Attack when we're not looking for it. Attack when they can't be seen. They attack through strategy and deception. If a power stays too long, you will eventually identify its presence. And you'll begin to attach its presence to your struggle. But as long as you keep blaming your wife, as long as you keep blaming your husband, as long as you keep blaming your job, as long as you keep blaming your children, as long as you keep blaming your mother-in-law, as long as you keep blaming your friends, as long as you keep blaming any and everything else, as long as we keep blaming systematic racism, as long as we keep blaming white privilege, as long as we keep blaming everything but what's truly behind what's happening, we will never enjoy lasting peace. Because when you can't recognize the demonic power behind what's going on, that power is safe. The Bible declares that if my brother is overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, you're supposed to restore. How do you restore? You restore by engaging the power that has caused my brother or sister to fall. God called man and woman together to form the unity of family so that if one or the other were overtaken in a fault, the other could restore them, but as long as we are working against each other, we cannot prosper. As long as I'm too busy being mad at what you did, I can't help you stop doing it. As long as I keep telling you you ain't nothing but a liar, I'm becoming self-prophetic and causing my relationship to become pathetic. Because I am empowering the spirit that is controlling the other rather than speaking against it in the authority of Christ. Rather than coming against that power, I come against you. 
Rather than hating that power, I hate you. Rather than destroying what is at work, I build it up. I support it. I give it resources. I help it. I become a supply line for it to function. I've seen and experienced what happens to Christian individuals and families who have become the target for spiritual assassination. God sent me here today to tell you that some of you are dealing with stuff right now because God has designed a blessing that's going to blow your mind and the enemy has been dispatched to assassinate you before you possess the land of your promise. You've been targeted for assassination. The devil put a hit out on you. crisis suddenly happens in your life like a death in the family some financial setback or some other type of disaster the crisis takes you out of the picture it throws you for a loop as we say and when we try to get motivated to return to church the car breaks down and uh, a sickness is loose in the atmosphere and, and we can't find ourselves getting there then without warning you lose your job and, and you lose your home and, and your young your young 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 children start acting up and uh, there, there's all kinds of issues in promiscuity and there's issues even in the church then you find yourself not wanting to come back this is a hard fact nothing will change in a in, in, in such a situation until you recognize that you have been targeted for assassinations until you recognize the devil has put a hit out on you it's hard rather than trying to solve your problem in the natural realm you as an individual or a couple or a family have to come together and stand in agreement that you have come under spiritual attack and have been targeted for assassination then while you're standing in agreement you have to push that evil power out of your life because the bible tells me greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world greater is the power to deliver you from assassination than the power that issued the decree of your death in the first place While you're spending time taking my failures as some personal assault, the enemy's having a heyday. While you're busy being mad, the enemy's having a heyday. You have to come into agreement against the power 
that's fighting against you. Don't think it a small thing when circumstances pull you out of the house of God and so consume your thoughts, your energy, and your resources that you begin to lose your desire for the things of God. What you're missing is, is you're on the first step of the road to your assassination. Too many people have been assassinated simply because they did not realize they were a target. You see, I'm not going to watch my back as well if I think I'm not targeted for assassination. I become an easy target, but when I know I've been targeted, I make it difficult for you to find me. You see, when I'm targeted for assassination and I know this, I don't follow my same behavioral patterns. I don't travel the same road. If you're going to kill me, you're going to work for it. I'm not going to make it easy. You're going to have to put the work in if you're coming after me and I know you're coming. I might say with all the boldness in Christ Jesus, come on devil, bring the best you got, but I understand that even the angels don't do that nonsense. So I function then in the protection of God. We, 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 we get excited and we start making declarations. Oh, the devil better leave me alone. I'm going to give the devil a black eye. You talking about you sparring with the devil, that's your problem. While you sparring, the devil trying to kill you. So when the devil come looking for me, I go to where he can't find me. I go into the secret place of the Most High, under the shadow of the Almighty. When that assassin has been loosed to look for me, the assassin may look high, he may look low, but he'll never find me because I'm in the pavilion of God. You can't kill what you can't find. Some of you are being assassinated because you're letting yourself be easily found. If you're looking for me at the club, guess what? I ain't going to the club. How many people you know got got because... They just kept doing what they do. Help me, Lord. Let me just leave you with this. Matter of fact, let me just let me just stop right there. Because I really. You see, there's a, there's a method, method to the infiltration of the devil in your life. 
You see, there is a method. You see, you see the enemy doesn't just do things willy-nilly. He, he doesn't just do things happenstance. He doesn't just wake up today and say, oh, this, this is a good day to attack Lady Maria. No, there's a plan, a strategy in place that's been thought out, that's been qualified by information. It's been quantified by resource. It's been empowered by authority. It's not just random. It's not random. You see, randomness indicates no authority behind. It, it is, randomness is a theology of the enemy to prevent you from understanding there is conscious thought to what's happening in your life. When you begin to think that your troubles are just random, you cannot identify the power behind it because no power is random. Oh, I want to break this down. If someone is plotting to assassinate a public figure, The assassin has to go undetected. If everyone knows that the assassin is coming, he cannot complete his task. He has to work under the cover of darkness. He has to be stealthy. He has to fit in. He has to infiltrate without being spotted. There are assassins sitting in the church. They're functioning under the guise of darkness by trying to fit in with everybody else. You know the devil can shout too? You know, there was a time where I used to think, you know, you came to church and people that were shouting and dancing and crying and snotting and, and everything else, but man, they, those, those must be the super sanctified, saved, Holy Ghost, filled fire, baptized folk. Live a little, you'll find out that some of the greatest church dancers are the greatest issues in the house. You think they're screaming out to God when in actuality they're screaming because they're trying to break free from a power that's been dominating them. declares that the enemy comes as the spirit of light 
disguised as an angel for the sole purpose to infiltrate your life, staying just long enough to cause you trouble and establish his hold, but disappearing behind the scenes before you see him. Uh, but I have been given information from the annals of heaven that are going to break all of that up. And I'm going to teach you how to spot the power that has been sent to assassinate you while it's trying to hide and work in a cloak of invisibility, I'm going to teach you how to see beyond his cloak. Come back next week. that he shall open yes. the eyes yes. of the blind. Yes. Too many in the body are blinded by the enemy. Blinded, they can't see. What's good? They, they, they feel it. They're, they're, they're dealing with it. They're struggling against it. But they can't see the author of it. I, I, I can't, can't, can't see what's behind this. I feel the pain. I feel the sorrow. I feel the defeat. I feel the depression. I feel the, the rage. I feel the anger. I feel the hate. I feel the bigotry. I feel the racism. I feel, you know, I, I experienced the genocide. I, I, I recognize something's happening, but I can't see what's pushing, what's empowering, what's guiding this power. God said, your eyes shall be open. Come back next week. Come back. Tune in. Bring somebody with you. Because we 
are the only power that can stop what's happening in our city. We are the only power that can stop what's happening in our society. We are the only power that can stop what's happening in our family. We are the only power that can stop what's happening in our relationships. We are the only power that can stop what's happening in our lives. Because we are filled with the gift of God. All that God is lives in you. Everything that makes God, God is housed in your vessel. For the Bible declares in this earthen vessel resides the excellency of the power of God. The very fullness of of the creator is dwelling in the creation. You are a walking dynamo. That's why the devil has been bothering you. Because if you ever grab a hold of the God in you, you could really be MC Hammer and tell the devil you can't touch this because he cannot touch God. But as long as you only see you, as long as you only see your trouble, your struggle, your deficiencies, your defeat, your disillusionment, you will never enjoy the fullness of God in you. You'll tap into seasons of peace because the enemy comes and goes. But the moment you tap into the fullness, you'll find that the fullness of God is like God, and God is eternal, which means his fullness is from everlasting to everlasting. That means then that in you, from everlasting to everlasting, is the fullness of the presence of everything that is God. This is why when you seek wisdom, God gives it to you because he's already put it in you. Amen. This is why when you seek knowledge, it's in you because he already put it in you. This is why God is not doing things. God has done things. You're not asking God to do something. What you're actually doing in prayer is asking God to give you access to what he has already done.
Marshall, come on up here and sing something, do something. <laughs> Hallelujah. So much I, I, I want to say. It's so much that I want to release into your life because I'm tired of seeing the church suffer. I'm tired of seeing the people of God suffer. You were not created to suffer. You were not created to be less. You were not created to be the tail. You were not created to be poor. You were not created to be weak. You were not created to be stupid. You were not created to be depressed. You were created to house the fullness of God. Your purpose to carry God into creation. That's your purpose. To carry God into your crisis to carry God into your dilemma to carry God into your weakness to carry God into your lack to carry God into your sickness to carry God your purpose is to take God come on you, you help me elder Sing something. Do something. I, I need to sit down. Got to understand who you are. The power. That's why the devil wants to kill you. That's why the devil don't want you to be happy in your marriage. Because if you ever get happy in your marriage, you'll be a wife like none other. wants to keep you locked in yesterday but the word says I am forgetting that which is behind me and I press I'm looking forward I'm not looking backward I'm not looking where I came from I'm looking where I'm going I'm not focused on what I used to be I'm focused on what I am becoming
because the fire of the Holy Ghost like you in his house. 